0: All right, so we are doing How Chaplaincy Taught Me to Love My Neighbors, Part Two, the exciting sequel to last week's message. Um, So let's do a little bit of a recap, okay? Uh, Last week we went over um, the three of the lessons, valuable lessons that I learned last week, um, which was love and let go, love anyway and love by listening okay love and let go it's this idea that all the relationships that we have every opportunity that we have to love are temporary whether it's uh, five minutes or 50 years they're all temporary but what stays with us is permanent what stays with us is permanent And the other lesson that I shared was uh, love anyway, even if uh, you don't get anything from them, even if it's with people that you completely disagree with, where you have nothing in common, love them anyway, okay? Um, yeah, and, and we, we talked about this idea of uh, ROI, what does our return of investment look like in the kingdom of God? And we don't know, right We don't know. And it's this idea that like we have to give our love away. We have to give the love that God has commanded us to give to people and we don't know what kind of results will happen at, um, in the end. Um, so one question um, one question I wanted to ask you, okay um, is and I forgot to ask this last week, okay, but I, it's, I think it's an important question. Um, how many of you have gone through, uh, a breakup of, in a relationship, of like a long-term relationship, because uh, I have not, so I don't really know what that's like. Um, so I'm curious, like how many of you have gone through like a breakup after you know, being with a person for a significant amount of time? Can I see, show of hands? Okay, okay, okay. Serious question, okay. Do you consider that relationship a waste of time? Yes or no? Okay, some people say yes, some people say no. Okay, uh, Sue, you wanna sh- share why <laughs> you, you said yes? Uh, high school love. Okay, high school love. Okay, why do you think it was a waste of time? Because I didn't learn anything from it. You didn't learn anything from it? Very short term, uh, hey, let's see and Oh, okay. Okay, so they were like insignificant. Okay, okay. So it didn't really cause that much. So it didn't cause that much uh, heartbreak, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Becky, you said uh, it was not a waste of time for you. You learned stuff, right? Yeah, you learned stuff about yourself, right? You learn about like your values and what's important, what's not important. Uh, anyone else who's gone through a significant breakup? Yeah, I, so here's my theory having never gone through a breakup before. <laughs> um, I think uh, any significant relationship is a waste of time if you treat it as such. You know what I'm saying? I, I'm not just talking about like significant others or romantic relationships. I think every relationship can have some sort of value to it if you can see it. Like if you, you know, even like, you know, even if you end up like being with a person for like a year or two years and then you break up, if you've learned something about yourself, if you've learned like what's important, like what's like some of your core values um, as a takeaway. And even if you never talk to that person ever again, it's still valuable. Okay, that time is still valuable. And so um, every significant relationship Uh, in my opinion is uh worth the investment okay and then the last thing i shared last week was uh love by listening okay people feel more connected with you deeply connected with you when you listen more than you speak when someone is going through a very very difficult time the last thing they want to hear is a bunch of advice or pithy positive sayings okay or like suggestions okay what they really really need is a a listening ear and your presence and we talked about this story of how uh jesus um went to help lazarus uh mary and martha's uh, brother right and then even though he knew that he was going to die he still cried he still wept because he was that present with them and today so we are continuing on um, in what some of the valuable lessons that chaplaincy has taught me uh, over the past. um, Well, yeah, so this year I've been a hospital chaplain, but prior to this uh, I've also been a hospice chaplain for half a year. And the other valuable lesson that I learned um, about how chaplaincy taught me to love my neighbor is this. Never go on autopilot, okay? Never go on autopilot now in your bulletins you'll see that it has like dot 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 okay Okay. um that is kind of to represent like significant relationships okay now you can go on autopilot in certain areas of your life maybe if you have a job that's like really redundant okay like if you work at a factory or something or if you do like data entry maybe going on autopilot in those kinds of situations is beneficial but in significant relationships, it's never a good idea to go on autopilot. For example, okay, for me as a hospital chaplain, I would be doing a terrible job uh, in caring for, providing spiritual and emotional care for my patients if I were to go on autopilot, okay? If I had a list of patients that I'm seeing that day and all I see is their name, their age, and uh, what, you know, what, what their condition is and maybe their religion, all right? If I go in with just looking at those like, few details and I assume I know a person based on those few little details, then I'm doing a terrible job as a chaplain. And I assume that I, can, I, I know what their problem is, I know what they're going through, and I just go on autopilot. That would be very, very insensitive and cruel. In any significant relationship, that we have, okay. whether it's your significant other, whether it's your close friendships, whether it's your even like maybe coworkers that you work closely with or your your family, your parents, your siblings, you do not wanna go on autopilot, okay? The less I assume about a person, the more I can truly know them and the more honoring it is to that person And again, I I shared last week that, you know, the the chart that I get uh, with the list of patients that I need to see that day, they're not always accurate, okay? Um, Their name and their age are usually accurate, but their religion and their condition uh, are often wrong or they're inaccurate. And so I could never assume that I know a person based on just looking at that glance, so I always go in with this intention, this mentality of letting the person tell me who they are. Okay, I let the person tell me who they are. Unfortunately, I don't know about you, okay, but I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up in the church, and unfortunately, I've had one too many pastors, uh, spiritual leaders, who have gone on autopilot. And because they have done so... Um, i felt like they didn't really know me like really really know me okay maybe they knew someone who uh whom i reminded them of and they figured they knew who i was based on that okay or maybe they feel like um it's whatever i'm going through whatever struggle i'm going through is kind of like beneath them and so they don't really really want to hear the issues that i'm going through or the problems that i'm having and so for significant relationships you do not want to go on autopilot and what that means is like you are always fully present and you never make assumptions about people so um this is a part where this is a portion of our message where i want you to turn to a person next to you not someone you came with okay not someone you came with turn to the person next to you and ask each other this question what area of your life have you gone on autopilot but probably shouldn't Okay, so turn to someone next to you and for like maybe two or three minutes, uh, answer this question with each other. Let's give it like one more minute. Uh, gather back together now for this one I'm not going to ask you to share some of the things you guys shared with each other because I figured it's uh, it's very personal so we'll just go ahead and move on alright now uh, the other thing that I learned the other very very valuable lesson that I learned uh, how chaplaincy taught me to love my neighbors is this Okay. and this is I think something I'm sure we all learned in the past 19-20 uh, months Plans are overrated. (laughs) Plans are overrated, right? Um, I love this verse, okay, in Proverbs 16, 9, because it's so wise, it's so true. In their hearts, humans plan their course, but the Lord guides their steps. Okay, but the Lord guides their steps. Whenever I go into, like, a patient's room with, like, a plan it never goes according to what I think it's going to go or how, it's, how I think it's going to go. like. And when it comes to relationships, this is how it's supposed to be, okay? We have to go in with like a general idea of how we're going to talk to this person or interact with this person or like love this person. But it's never going to go exactly as you plan. You have to kind of leave space for uh, unexpected things, for surprises, for things you didn't account for, okay? And... Our, like life plan it's actually supposed to look more like football plays rather than blueprints. okay If you think about a blueprint okay um, they're like pretty exact okay like t- to the inch right literally to the inch. They-, they are really really precise and they have to be followed accordingly right? Um, if you're off a little bit like the floor might be, uh uneven the wall might be a little crooked okay the roof might have holes in it all right you have to follow it precisely football plays are different right you know every every football play like the quarterback or or the coach like draws something up on a a little whiteboard or a piece of paper right a bunch of circles and x's and says like okay you go this way you go that way it's like very very a simple mock-up but you have to leave room for the unexpected because you don't know what the defense is gonna do, right? You don't know uh, if someone's gonna like drop the ball, you don't know if someone's gonna trip, okay? You don't know if someone's gonna get hurt, right? So you have to leave room for the unexpected. And so relationships are supposed to be more like football plays rather than blueprints. If we treat relationships like blueprints, it's gonna end up really bad for both of you, right? Cause then you're gonna feel, the other person is gonna feel like You're trying to control them or you're trying to, like, manipulate the situation or just be uh, it'll be it'll feel overbearing. You know, Um, 20. Oh, so this is a valuable lesson that uh, I learned as someone trying to start a new church is that 2020, 2021 uh, really tested like pastors ability to pivot and make adjustments. And this is probably one of the best quotes ever by the great Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan till they get punched in the face. Okay, the other valuable lesson that I've been learning. Um, oh, oh, here's another great quote Okay, that I didn't put on here. Um, there's this guy. His name is uh, Robert Persig. Uh, he is a mountain climber, but he is also a practicing Buddhist and uh, like a sp- very spiritual person. Uh, he says, The only Zen... You can find on the top of mountains is the zen you bring up there. The only zen you can find at the top of mountains is the zen you bring up there. If we make a plan for our lives and we and then we expect that plan to give us kind of fulfillment, it is not going to happen. Right? We have to become that person first. We have to become those people of peace, those people of love. If we look to significant others to fulfill us, to fulfill some sort of gap or hole that we have in our hearts, we are just going to be disappointed. In order for us to, be, to find that kind of fulfillment, we have to be that ourselves between us and God. Here's another very, very valuable lesson that I learned in the past year. And this is very surprising, uh, having learned this in a hospital setting, but it's true. Good theology really matters. Okay, good theology actually matters. And I don't care if you're Christian or not. Good theology actually really matters, okay? Most Americans' theology Understanding of God and, and their worldview of the way that God interacts with human beings, most Americans' theology is really bad, is like really bad. And I hear this all the time when I'm visiting with patients. When they are in a very critical moment of their lives, they will make some sort of statement about God or the way that like God interacts with people, and I gently have to correct them. Because if people have bad theologies, they are going to have misunderstanding of how, who God is. And that might end up making them bitter or angry towards God if they have a misunderstanding of who God is. Okay? And these are some of the things that I hear all the time in the hospital. Okay, uh, Everything happens for a reason. People think that's in the Bible, but it's not. Okay? Everything does not happen for a reason. Your sister did not get breast cancer for a reason. You did not give birth to a stillborn baby for a reason. Okay, that is just, that's bad theology. So when people are in like this pit of despair and pain and suffering and they say this, as, as, as difficult as it is for me to correct them, I have to correct them, right? Because I think they're trying to say it to, you know, be positive, you know, try to be optimistic. And I, I try to, you know, bring them to reality like, No, what you're going through is really, really crappy, right? This did not happen for a reason. I don't know why it happened, but, and it's, and the reason why I say that is because I'm giving them permission to grieve, to mourn. I I think people might think that comes from the Bible because there's this one verse in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, I believe, that says, uh, God uh, works everything, God works everything for good for those who love him for those who love the lord okay what that really means is even the bad things that happen to us we can turn it into something good okay that's different from everything happens for a reason another thing um, that uh, i hear pretty often is god doesn't give you more than you can handle okay uh people think that this this is in the bible but it's actually a misunderstanding of this verse in first corinthians chapter 13 i think it's 13 or is it second corinthians chapter 13 that says um, uh, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to humans so it's specifically talking about temptation to sin it's not talking about bad things that happen to you so sometimes people go through bad things that feel overwhelming okay that is just unbearable and it's it god doesn't just give it to you because he thinks you can handle it okay just Bad things happen to good people and to bad people. Um, this, is a, this is another thing I hear pretty often. God works in mysterious ways. This one, um, I, I think it's true, but it's also not in the Bible. Okay, It's from like an old hymn. And people think it it, it does sound like uh, a Bible verse, like something in Psalms or Proverbs. But uh, it's not in the Bible. Okay, God works in mysterious ways. It, it is true, though. God works in mysterious ways. Okay, and this last one. It's very controversial. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Um, And this verse is often misquoted. And and it's you find it a lot like on athletes, like athletes like to tattoo it on their bodies somehow. And it's a way of like pumping themselves up to like defeat their opponent, right? I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? Um, And people misinterpret this often, okay? Um, The NIV the new international version uh, of this says I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength And what is this? This is Apostle Paul talking about I know what it means to be rich to be poor Okay, I know how to I have found the secret to be content in all circumstances Then he says I can do all this through Christ who gives me strength it is not talking about overcoming any obstacle Okay? It is not talking about defeating your opponent. Okay, It's talking about learning the secret to be content in all circumstances. So having good theology is actually really important because it will give you a healthy outlook on life, a healthy worldview. Um, and shameless plug here. Um, this is why being a part of of a community, (laughs) a spiritual community, being a part of a church is important. This is why having a relationship with someone like me (laughs) is important. Having someone like a pastor in your life is important so that we can help like guide each other and correct each other. Okay. And this is the last lesson that I'll share with you all today. Spiritual growth is not linear. Spiritual growth is not linear. It's not like spiritual growth is this x y axis and it's just like a straight diagonal line (laughs) up and towards the right okay spiritual growth if i've learned anything uh in this past um year and a half is that spiritual growth is not linear Uh, philippians 1 verse 6 says this i am sure of this he who began his good work in you will bring it to completion i've met so many patients who have left The church who have walked away from their faith, who have denounced God, but at the end of their life, they have come back to him. They have realized some of the errors of their ways. They have uh, understood some of the mistakes that they've made, and they are confronted with some regret that they have um, experienced. And it almost doesn't matter the meandering journey of faith that they've gone through before, because ultimately... They are where they're supposed to be. I came across this verse or this uh, quote the other day. Um, I'm, not, I'm actually not sure who said it, but I really like it. Eventually, you'll end up where you need to be with, or eventually you'll end up where you need to be with whom you're meant to be with and doing what you should be doing. Patience is the key. And I remember in like high school and college, um, I remember hearing this. Uh, word before, backsliding. Have you guys ever heard that word before? Backsliding. Yeah. What? What, Jake? What does that mean? uh Usually, when I've heard it, it's like you in, at the church I grew up at, or like you are backtrack, your yeah. you're like yeah, you like slipped away from God, yeah. or you're like yeah, falling away from God, huh? Yeah, it's usually something like oh, stop going to church. Or oh like yeah, church. yeah. Stop going to church or whatever. right and. I don't really know what this means anymore. Um, I mean, you could ask Becky. Okay, I used to be one of these like really judgmental people, right? Who would say like, "Oh, that person is backsliding," right? That person went to go watch soccer instead of son- coming to church on Sunday. <laughs> um, huh? True story. true story. I know true story. Yeah. Okay, and I used to say this word, but I don't. I don't really know what this means anymore. And when you think about people in the Bible, like Abraham, Moses, Ruth, Job, David, or even Queen Esther, you could say all of these people have like backslid in their lives before at some point or another. But ultimately, they were in the safety of God. Right? They were in God's hands. Right? They were um, people of faith. They were men and women of faith. And every detour that we experience in our lives are significant pit stops on this journey of faith that we are on. Every detour that we experience in our lives are valuable pit stops, pit stops in this journey of faith. And even when you think about the ministry that Jesus led in the three years uh, of significant work that he did in the three short years, I mean, If anything, it seems like his ministry was like a series of interruptions and detours. He was on his way somewhere, but like uh, uh, a woman who's been hemorrhaging for 12 years, like stops him. Or he he says like, oh, I have to like make a pit stop uh, at the well. And then he meets the Samaritan woman at the well. Or uh, while he's going somewhere, uh, a centurion soldier says like, oh, please heal my servant. And then he goes and heals his servant. And then someone like uh, he comes across a blind person like just and then he like stops. And it seems like his life, his ministry was a series of interruptions and detours. And so don't look at detours as distractions. okay? but valuable pit stops uh, in this journey of faith. In closing, um I wanted to, I was kind of struggling between which book I should share with you, Um, a a book that, uh, a children's book that I read to Drew sometimes, or uh, from this, and I think I want to share from this. This is a book that I actually carry around with me um, when I'm visiting patients at the hospital for people who are, um, who consider themselves spiritual but not religious. um, They don't want me to read from the Bible. Right? So uh, I ask them, like, oh, would you mind if I read you a blessing from this book of Celtic spirituality? And they're usually very open to it, right? and they actually are excited to hear it. And in this book, I, I personally love this book myself. Um, I read it all the time. There's a blessing for, like, different moods or seasons of life that you might be in. Some are pretty uh, vague and general, like... Uh, for grief, or for loneliness. And there's other ones that are very specific. There's um, a blessing for a mother. There's a blessing for a nurse. <laughs> I've read that to nurses who are having a hard time at the hospital. Or a blessing for an addict. I've read that for someone who might be suffering from, like, alcohol intoxication or uh, drug overdose. But for us today, I wanted to read one... Um, That's called Blessing for a New Beginning. That's all right. So I invite you to um, close your eyes and receive this blessing, and I hope that it blesses you. In out of the way places of the heart where your thoughts never think to wander, this beginning has been quietly forming waiting until you are ready to emerge. For a long time it has watched your desire, feeling the emptiness growing inside you, noticing how you willed yourself on, still unable to leave what you have outgrown. It watched It watched you play with the seduction of safety and the gray promises that sameness whispered. Heard the waves of turmoil rise and relent, wondered, would you always live like this? Then the delight when your courage kindled and out you stepped onto new ground, your eyes young again with energy and dream, a path of plenitude opening before you. Though your destination is not yet clear, you can trust the promise of this opening. Unfurl yourself into the grace of beginning that is at one with your life's desire. Awaken your spirit to adventure. Hold nothing back. Learn to find ease and risk. Soon you will be home in a new rhythm for your soul senses the world that awaits you. Lord, would you give us courage to love those whom we've neglected Lord, would you give us your Holy Spirit to help us be present with those whom you've given to our lives, our very neighbors? And would you give us a love that goes beyond our own human capacity to share it with those who need it the most? We pray all this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks.